Agents Podcast. This episode of the Lab Code Agents Podcast is brought to you by RedX, the complete real estate prospecting solution. RedX offers high quality lead data on expireds, for sale by owners, vacant rental property owners, pre foreclosures, and geo leads, the number one data source for neighborhood prospecting. You can also filter, organize, and call your leads inside Vortex, the all in one lead management platform, free with any lead subscription. With RedX, you get more than just phone numbers. You get all the tools you need to connect with more homeowners who are actively looking to sell. RedX is offering our listeners $150 off. Just go to redx.bz forward slash LCA. That's R-E-D-X dot B-Z forward slash LCA to sign up for RedX today. Sylvester Stallone, Jared Goff, The Miz, WWE uh, superstar, wrestling superstar, Aaron Donald, Anthony Davis, Pete Sampras, Kobe Bryant, to just name a few of our guest today's clients in real estate. He is a brand relatively new author of a new book called The Agent's Edge, which we are going to talk about a lot today. He is the number one REMAX agent in the world, six years now, doing over 300 million in volume per year. I know if you're not familiar with that little company called REMAX, that's over 144,000 agents that he's number one. He is an all-around impressive, humble, nice guy. Obviously, if you hadn't guessed it, based out of the Los Angeles market, and he's going to share his secrets today because I know what you're thinking. This dude's got an advantage. Listen, folks, this dude made his advantages, and he's going to talk about that today. Welcome to the show, Jordan Cohen, man. Man, Jim, that was powerful, bro. I, I can't tell you how much I – that was so sharp and quick. Man, thank you, buddy. So I – I have no words but gratitude, bro. That was that was an insane introduction. I'm, I'm very grateful for that and uh, humbled by it. So thank well, you, man. That I, was I awesome. tell you what, guys like you with resumes like you make it really easy to create sexy intros. So um, I, now you just got to back it up with sexy content. And so we're going to give it to them. But I want to start here because I mentioned it already. I want to know about your background. What got you into real estate? Where you started, and kind of what led you to where you are today? I got to hear this story. Okay, cool, man. So I went to college, right? And I grew up, and but I cheated my way through. So, I, by the way, I'm I'm very uh, real, bro. If I ain't gonna bullshit or lie, I'm gonna Please. be the truth. Please. So I cheated my way through school. I, had, I graduated with a 2.05 GPA. I have bad ADD, so I wasn't gonna be a doctor or a lawyer but I, I wanted to finish what I started. So I did. And I literally graduated with a 2.05. So then when you're done with school, you kind of have to make the decision on what you want to do next. Right. So I knew I'd go into sales because that was the really only thing that I thought I'd be good at. Cause again, I'm, you know, I'm five foot six and a half. I'm not too good looking of a guy. I wasn't going to be a, you know, anything special than that. And I certainly didn't have the education to take me into the professional field. So I was going to do either residential real estate or insurance. But at that time, I used to work out all the time and I went to the gym and there was a guy in the gym that would keep business cards in his sweat socks. And every, every time he'd come up to everybody, he'd go, hey, you doing Jim, the insurance guy? And everybody would kind of run away and, and flee. And I was one of those. So I go, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. So then I went into real estate and I had a little introduction into it. My parents sold real estate, but they, you know, my dad owned a hamburger stand and then went into real estate later in age. My mom was a manicurist and kind of went into real estate later in age. But so I kind of knew some people 
in the real estate industry through them. But in those days, you know, nobody was making, you know, over $100,000 a year, you know, and, and where I was from. That would have been like making millions of dollars today. So I went into real estate after, right out of college. I graduated with that 2.05 GPA. I went into real estate because I didn't want to do insurance. Started off in entry level. I did everything my broker told me to do, Jeff. I door knocked. I, I farmed in an area called Canoga Park. Again, my average sales price was somewhere between $150,000 and $200,000 in the first seven years. And I farmed, I farmed. But then a, the funny story happened to me, Jeff, was I spent all this time with lead generation and, and farming and all this kind of uh, cold calling. And then I actually got my first two cold listing appointments, which is what's something that realtors work so hard to get. But I didn't really know what to do and say in those listing appointments. Back then, they were, I called them listing appointments. Today, I call it a listing interview because you're interviewing for the job of working for somebody, right? So when I went in on those two listing interviews, I went in raw, man. I, I used Acura. I mean, actually, at that time, I used Honda Accord, you know, with the aftermarket rims. I had a fake gold watch because I wanted to look the part. Short sleeve dress shirt, tie with the big knot. Had my attache case that was given to me for my bar mitzvah when I was 13 years old. So I walked in looking the part, Jeff. Uh, and then I, I fucked up. I didn't really know what to do or say in order to win. So I lost those two listings. Each one of those listings would have been 200000 which would have paid me 6000 each, which would have doubled my net worth, got me out of my parents' house, out of my childhood bedroom. So it hit me at that moment, like, man, that it all comes down to being able to compete and win against other real estate agents. So once I failed in those first two listings, I focused my life on becoming a better listing presenter and a better agent started winning. That's when my business took off. After about seven years, pretty quick, after probably about two years, I became the top agent in my area, in my office, in the North San Fernando Valley. And I was doing really well, making good money. Then I got my first pro athlete, which was referred to me. And it was, I'd never even been in a million dollar home at the time. Guy just signed with the Sixers, said, hey, why don't we look in Westlake Village? I said, yeah, man, Westlake. Remember, this was before the internet. So he goes, I go, yeah, Westlake Village. He goes, I think there's some great guard-gated communities there. I said, some amazing guard-gated communities. Jeff, I didn't even know where Westlake was. Never been there before, never heard of it. It's so not I that far from Canoga Park either. Yeah, but a different county though, right? Yeah, okay. So it's about an hour drive, you know, with no traffic. So I said, okay, I better go out there and learn. But then what happened to me at that point was I realized I met all the realtors in Westlake at the time. They were all very nice. They were selling million dollar plus homes. I was selling at this time, probably two to $300,000 homes. But when I met them, I, at first I, I was a little intimidated. I thought, man, they're going to be powerful. They're going to be dynamic. They're going to be sharp. But I realized at that moment, they were no different than me. In fact, I had more confidence in myself that I could compete and win. I did that million dollar deal. It was actually a million five. It was like winning the lottery for me. It was a life changer mm -hmm. to get that big paycheck. And I remember calling my wife on that big cell phone, I was about that big on the way home. And I told her, we just sold a home for a million and a half dollars. Like it was literally like winning the lottery. And I said, I think I can compete with these other realtors that are used to selling these. Yeah. So my wife supported me. We're still married today, 30 years later. My wife supported me. 
And we packed up and moved, started all over. That was about 25 years ago. It's been a great run ever since. I'm sorry for talking too much. I just drank a giant passion fruit iced tea from Starbucks. I'm fired up for this. I I apologize about that. No, no, there's no such thing. This is all about you. But I've got some questions. So first of all, who was the athlete? Don McLean, UCLA's all-time scoring leader. He's my first athlete. I was going to say you said the Sixers, which is Philadelphia, but that he signed with the Philadelphia lives Sixers. in. Okay, he lives in California, from California. Yeah, okay, from gotcha. California. Yep. Um, okay, so you packed. So first that was of all, a game changer for me. What year? What, what year was agent. this? I'm sorry. What's that? What What year was that? Twenty five years ago, something like that. Twenty really? twenty five okay. years ago. Yeah. What What was it that led to the referral to this athlete? Did that you that you? Uh, how'd that happen? Uh, great question. So two of my best friends growing up were twin brothers named Dana and David Pump, P-U-M-P, very powerful in the sports world, very tied in with high school basketball, college basketball, tennis shoes, and they knew every player in the the NBA. They were powerful guys in my age, early young. I ran into David at the airport. I hadn't seen him in 10 years. He goes, hey, man, I heard you're doing really good in real estate. Yeah, yeah, I heard, man, congratulations on all your success. Everybody knew that the Pump Brothers were crushing. I sold them their home. It was a damaged home after the 94 earthquake. Got them a great deal. And they said, hey, I got a good one for you, Don McLean. That was a game changer for me because I'm a UCLA fan. So to get referred to UCLA's all-time scoring leader was very exciting for me. Wow. So, So it came from the Pump Brothers. So you never know where that introduction. And then- after I sold Don, he introduced me to his agent, who was a big agent at the time, as big as you get, which was on Tellum. And that led to many, many superstar athletes, including Kobe and yeah. Vanessa. So that all came from one just kind of snowball. And part of the reason I asked that question is because there isn't like some silver spoon story here. This is just hard work grinding coming from nothing special. It's not like you grew up on the beaches of Malibu or anything like that. Even if you're not familiar with California, I mean, you're inland a ways and you even mentioned it, that price point, just for context, what is, what is a home in Canoga park on average sell for now? I don't know. I haven't been over there to work, you know, in many years, but you know, my guess is 400,000, 500,000. That, but, but that's, that's a, that's a testament to the area because even in today's world where that's like poverty in California, I mean, yeah. that's a very low priced home. So you, Wait, you let, me, let me tell you, you know how I picked that as my farm. It's true, true story. My first listing. So I met my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife and we were college sweethearts for the last year of college. And then I got my real estate license and her parents said, they were going to move. They sell the house and retire, bought a home for $70,000 in a, you know, a retirement community. And so she told her parents, Hey, Jordan just got his license. We weren't even engaged or anything like that. You know, Jordan's got his license. So they gave me their listing. So my first sale was my future in-laws house for $219,000. And I double ended it from an open house. I mean, I fucked up. I made every mistake you can make on that first sale. I let yeah. the people move in before they even had loan approval. I didn't know the industry. I didn't know anything. How it worked. Uh, which, and then they didn't get loan approval. And then it was a whole fiasco. Crazy. Oh they forgave me. And, you know, we've been married 30 years now. Since then. Wow. And that's wow. how I got my first bill. This man, my chair's falling here. here we go. That's, you see me okay? 
Okay. Yeah, yeah, you're good. Yeah, I mean that that's amazing. That that's a great story because that's that's reality, man. That is what that is what you go through, and and you live and learn, and 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 I, I imagine even back then, two nineteen, even though that's really you know comparatively speaking very small in California sense, but a double end for your first sale, like you were rich for a minute. Like that was a really good payday. Yeah, I was rich until I took that money and bought the engagement ring. <laughs> I, took, I took half, I paid taxes. I took 5,500 bucks of that. I bought the engagement ring. And that, that's, that, that's, a I good investment. Yeah, a yeah. wise investment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Okay, so you picked up and you moved when you realized you can play, you can swim in a different swimming pool. And where'd you move to? But I moved to a city called Oak Park, which is right next to Westlake Village. I couldn't afford when I moved to, I, I had a cap. I, I wouldn't spend more than 500,000. So I was starting over. I was, which everybody thought was nuts. Cause at the time I was doing great. I was making yeah. like 400 grand a year, which was a ton of money 25 years ago. And I literally, uh, I was armed with a great listing presentation. I felt I had great marketing and I had all the tools to transition into the luxury market. So I packed up, but I was starting over and we're in commission sales here. And I didn't have a big bank account to carry me for a long time. So I bought a home for 500 grand, had two little kids at the time, I think four and two, and, uh, and we started over. But one of the reasons why I, stay, I stayed in Oak Park for 25 years and I loved it, man. You know, great people, amazing schools. The only reason why I actually just bought a home in Westlake two years ago, uh, my kids are out of school now, but I always wanted to stay in Oak Park. I, I'm different than most realtors. I never want to live and work in the same town. I don't want to kiss ass when I'm home. I don't want to go get the mail and have to talk about real estate, go to my or coach my son in his sports and have to kiss ass to the parents because they're potential clients. So I always chose to live and work in two different towns until now. Now I just bought a new home. I've been re remodeling for a while. So <laughs> in, in Westlake, but. I don't know oh, if that was even the question, man. I just it, well, no, it was Oak Park was the answer, but now yeah. you're in Westlake. So you, yeah, it's, it's, that's really cool. I, I love, I love that. That's a, that's like a, uh, it's a true storybook type of story, right? I mean, that's, that's it. You, you started in a, in the slums, if you will, and moved your way on up and, and a real estate career. So for anybody listening to this, that's new to real estate, I mean, that is the storybook. That is what's possible. And, and so now here you are. And, and I led this thing off that intro with a bunch of names that, that everybody recognizes. Maybe not, if you're not a sports fan, you didn't recognize all of them, but you, you've heard of Sylvester Sloan. You've heard of Rocky. Uh, you, you've heard of Kobe Bryant, right? And so, you know, what led you, obviously it started with Don McLean. It started with the Pump Brothers, uh, but obviously it did just, it wasn't probably just a snap of a finger. It was the, it was that first client, but what happened after that? And then what, you know, kind of what led you to the, the strategies where you are today? Well, what happened after that to get break in with the athletes or what happened after that? Uh, just to break in, to break into Westlake, to become an agent yeah. in a market that you weren't in, in a price point that seemed out of touch or out of reach for you. Okay. So what made me productive in my previous town in the San Fernando Valley, what made me uh, have the skill set to compete and win where I was calling expired listings all day, every day. I was sitting open houses every Saturday and Sunday with a different strategy. After a while, sitting, we can talk about that in a little bit. But my goal was to become a powerful listing agent, right? I believe in any city, any town, any state, the realtors that make the most money are listing agents, right? You, you, you want to have as many saleable listings as you can and let everybody else show them. But you want to show yourself. But 
and it's more predictable to get your income. So once I created my listing presentation and practiced it all day, which I did with my wife for, for six months, by the way, after I failed on those two listings, she was my girlfriend at the time. I literally didn't even turn on a TV for six months. I was creating, practicing every night. So I would never lose again. There's nothing more, nothing pissed me off more was, uh, you know, investing a ton of money in marketing and then getting in front of somebody and being uncomfortable. So I didn't really know what to do or say, sure. except talking about comps and the company I work for. So once I had confidence in my listening presentation, my business took off. So once I moved to the new town, I was already armed with my, my own presentation uh, skills or whatever you want to call them. And then I already knew how to geographical farm, but I elevated. So what I did was I tried to gather all the materials that the other agents that I competed with, what they were sending out, what they were doing, and I elevated. I tried to do everything bigger and better and more often. Again, I know a lot of realtors say, well, that must cost money. Nothing to me is spending money. It's investing, investing in myself. So I believe if you have the skill set to compete and win, you're going to be, your profit center goes up, right? Tremendously as you list and win. So I just wanted to get in front of people. So I elevated my marketing. I did some very unique specialty things to get in front of people. And then I uh, competed in one and business just took off. So let's talk about some of those things. Uh, let's, let's, let's rewind. Uh, let me start with the farming because that seems like that's where you started. That's what you, that's what you were able to quote unquote perfect first. And now, give, and, and now, now, and now. So what, what are some of the tips that you would give to somebody that, that you feel like are what create your differentiation or create your success with farming. Cause farming's, you know, it's a common word in our industry and the ways you can farm are, are there, there are many. So what is it that you find to be the most, that, that the most is the most, um, you know, dominant so that make you the most dominant or that work the best. Tell me more about your farming, what your strategies are. Okay. So let's talk about that. So when I first moved out to Westlake, I knew nobody except Don. So I didn't know anybody. I was starting over. I was with a very small independent company called Todd C. Olson, which had one office in the San Fernando Valley. So when I moved out to Westlake, the first thing you think about is, well, I better switch to one of these big companies. But Todd said to me, hey, why don't I just open you own the, our own little satellite office out there? I said, great, because I even knew then that if you have a great presentation, the company really doesn't matter as much as you. It's what you're doing and saying, I came up with language to over uh, to beat agents that just talk about the company, which I, I write about in the book and everything. So I opened a little teeny office. It was just me. Couldn't afford an assistant or a receptionist. So then I started, how am I going to get established in my new geographical farm? So at first, I was going to farm in a different part of Oak Park, but I saw who was dominating that area. And it was a guy like me, Jeff. It was a young guy, Jewish guy. He was like looking in the mirror. I go, I don't want to compete with that. So let me pick an area that, you know, is mainly dominated by people that don't look, you know, females or whatever, different age brackets. So at the time, North Ranch was, there was nobody like me. There was no young, aggressive guys like me. So I chose that. But everybody thought I was nuts about that too because there were powerful realtors doing very well. But again, I had confidence in myself that if I can get done. Yeah. So the first thing I did was I said, how am I going to open some eyes? So I literally wrote 
an introduction letter. And it was long. It was like that long, but it gave parts of my listing presentation. And then with this introduction letter, I wanted it to look like it was to each person individually. So I hired a young kid. Everything was a hand signed. It was a thousand of them. Every envelope was handwritten addressed. There was no bulk mail. It was, I and spent all my money, invested my money, first class stamps. And I also included a sheet of very readable comps, each one individually printed out of a printer. So it didn't look like it was Xerox copied. I, I bought the best linen envelopes. And then I wrote on the bottom of each envelope, recent comps enclosed. And then you would open it up. You had a long letter addressed to Mr. Fitzer, Mr. Johnson, telling a little bit about myself. I'm not new in real estate, but I'm new in the area. This is the, some of the stuff I do different than other realtors. I hand signed each one and I sent that out with comps that were readable. Didn't say LPSQ, said listing price per square foot. So remember in these days, there was no realtor.com. In the MLS, they didn't have photos of the houses. So it wasn't like, like it would be easy today where you could see a photo of every house. Yeah. It was just the addresses. So I mailed those to a thousand things. And I remember my broker at the time said, I said, what do you think of this? He goes, no one's going to read that long letter. It's too long. I go, it only takes one. So I actually got three listing appointments from that. No way. And I competed and I won all three. And I remember one even saying to me, said, how did you know I was thinking about selling my home? And I go, man, this was a good piece. And, but again, I had a good presentation, man. And it didn't matter what company I worked for. I had my language set. I believe enthusiasm is contagious. Mm -hmm. I believe confidence is contagious. So I had those things when I sat in front of somebody. And then I was off to the races. Got my first listing, had a broker's open house, which I don't do anymore, but I did then. And then I wore a suit. I had a coffee cart. There's a good chance for me to meet the other realtors. And all the realtors were very nice, except for one lady. She was kind of a bitch. And I competed with her. And I remember her coming up to me and she saying, how did you get this listing? Are you friends with them? Do you know them? Remember, nobody knew who I was. Nobody yeah. knew my name. Nobody even knew my company. I said, no, I competed. You know, they, I knew they interviewed a couple of realtors and I won. It's nice to meet you. You know, I'm excited to get to know everybody. And she kind of go, you must be friends with them. She kind of turned, flew her hair back. And I remember saying, boy, she just fucked with the wrong cowboy. Like I'm, I, uh, it just lit a fire in me, man. So that's when I go, I'm going to do whatever I got to do to, to uh, get a lot of interviews and win. So I elevated everything. I better, better mailers, all that kind of stuff. In fact, if you want to hold a second, I'll go get it like an example of what I send out now and bold it if you want to do that. Uh, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter necessarily because this, most people are going to listen to this. Um, oh, okay. I tell you what though, if you could uh, maybe have your assistant uh, email me or text me a copy of it. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. So they, so they can actually go, you can go to the show notes on the, on the podcast and take a look at it if that's okay. We'll figure it out. We'll okay, cool. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll so, guide her. I'll guide Paige on that. Awesome. Um, so, so, so that's what, that's what we did basically at that point and then start spiraling. I send out the best just listed you can. I wanted to do things a little bit differently to this day. I don't put my picture on anything. I don't ever want to sell. That's kind of my shtick is I'm trying to sell the house, not myself. Yeah. So everything is about the house, the house, the house. My goal, I don't even, 
my goal is to have people say to me, you sure represent your listings well. So none of the ads I do, nothing I do is corny. The way I look at it is anytime a doctor or lawyer puts their pictures on business cards and things like that, I'll do that. So I try to do very professional and everything I do is about the house. Put my name on it in a professional way, but even my logo, everything is tried to look at in a very classy way. Started getting listings. And then I came up with the idea of doing testimonials. So then when I would sell a home, I would get the seller to do an epic testimonial on my just sold. So the way I looked at it is, for example, Nike pays Anthony Davis, LeBron James, anyway, Michael Jordan, millions of dollars to wear their shoes. So I looked at it. If you can get a homeowner in an area, in a geographical area to say, hey, we interviewed three realtors. We went with Jordan Cohen. He exceeded our expectations. He showed the home himself every time. Got us our price. Couldn't have been better. We highly recommend him. Mr. and Mrs. Johnson, seller of 1234 Viking Avenue. It's like really good. So I started doing those a lot. And that just all of it starts snowballing to a point now where I'm, I, I get a well, and- and fast fast forward to today, where if you go to if you go follow Jordan on Instagram, it's Jordan Cohen C O E C O H E N one the number one. You'll notice that, and I when I first met you when we first talked, I was like, you know, your Instagram, like I don't see your face anywhere. Which I want to ask you about that in a second because it kind of goes against what really the industry has really gone towards, which is very, you know, you got to show yourself, especially with social media marketing and blah, blah, blah. You're obviously very different in that regard. But the one thing I did notice on your Instagram, it's a, a sexy houses galore. Like you're going to go down a rabbit hole of just looking at amazing houses. But when you see people, it's like right, right, off, right off the bat, Jared Goff doing a testimonial, Sylvester Stallone doing a testimonial. It's the Miz doing a testimonial. And so it looks to me like you probably, you, you've taken that strategy that you used 25 years ago. Now you've evolved it. You're just picking up your, literally, I can, I've watched these videos. They just grab the phone. They talk, they're standing right next to you. They do a quick testimonial. You post your Instagram. Like that's probably just gold. You know, that's, I never thought about it like that. They're just doing it right now to kind of help me out for my book promotion. Right. So, you know, which is which is badass, man. It's it's amazing. But it's what you said is very true. I'm not trying to do I, I learned I built my Instagram myself. I do it myself. I don't have a you know social media manager or anything like that. So I you got to know your audience. Like my advice to anybody trying to build their Instagram. And I'm not an Instagram expert by any means, but know your audience. So my audience gives two shits about my kids, my wife, me at a, you know, on the beach. They don't care about anything like that. And I learned that through trial and error. I could post a picture of an epic house until these, you know, these new, uh, you know, algorithms, which kind of messed me up. But at the time I was getting like 20,000 likes on every post, you know, before they switched that. Uh, I would find that I would get massive engagement on a sick house. And then I could post a picture with me and my kids or me and a celebrity. And I would get barely any in comparison. So I realized through trial and error that the people that follow me, follow me for real estate. I also always put the price on whether I sold it for or what I listed for. No gimmicks, no you know, uh, you know, price available upon request. I don't do any of that, you know, pokey bullshit. For me, it's about hey man. So people that follow me are going to get a glimpse into LA real estate because if I follow a realtor from out of state, I'm curious what those houses 
look like and how much they are. So I, yeah. you know, again, through, through trial and error to make my page look really good. I also shoot all my listings at dusk. I don't just shoot in the day. So I want to make a pop part of my listing presentation. I have very creative language to use that, but yeah, my Instagram is about selling the house and I have language for it on how to win in listings rather than just say, you know, I have 500,000 followers. It's about how that's going to benefit a seller. So everything is geared towards that. Everything but I do is geared towards having listing tools to compete and win because that's where I make money. Yeah. And by the way, he's got 527,000 followers. But you know what? You mentioned something that I actually failed to mention in the intro, which is very, very important. Jordan does all of this without a team. Like he just mentioned, he manages his own Instagram, which is very unique. That's what makes Tristan and I unique in the social space because we're still very active. We're still pushing the buttons, which most successful people aren't anymore. They hire people to do it for them. That's a unique trait, but but I'm not even going to focus on the, the social side of things. I'm going to focus on the real estate side of things. And I do want to go back to listing presentation, but because I failed to mention it, I want to bring it up. You don't have a team. That's that dude, 300 million, number one in Remax. You don't have a team. That sounds, that sounds hokey. Yeah, no, I, it's, you know, I'm very lucky. My average sales price is four or 5 million bucks. So I'm lucky that way. And I'm not a discount broker. Like my broker will tell you. I'm not a discount. You, I, I believe if you give a um, unbelievable listing presentation, you don't have to be a discount agent, right? Yeah. So I, I'm not a discount agent, but I'm, I'm very proud of the numbers that I do. There's no question about it. I'm, you know, I'm lucky. But yeah, I don't have a team, no buyer's agent, no other realtors sell a single house where I get a piece of their deal. I'm very proud of that. In fact, I, I fight for that, you know, when when the REMAX does their rankings because I'm, I'm I, nothing uh, bothers me more than, having somebody that goes into a category in any of it, real trends, any of those, where they yeah. go into the individual category and I know they're not really individuals. They've so got I'm, a team all putting them in their name. Yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm the opposite of that. I'm a I competitive that, guy. I think in order to be a great real estate agent, you have to be competitive. So I like to compete on the same level with, with the, you know, other people. So yeah. What, how, many, how many units do you do per year? Two years ago, I did 79. I double-ended about 15, so that counts as two, each one of those. Mm -hmm. And I think last year I did, you know, maybe around 55 or 60. I was on pace until the market dropped. I was on yeah. pace to even surpass the other. But for me in, in my life right now, I don't want to sell 100 homes, Jeff. I'm, you know, I'd rather sell 50 in bigger priced ones. You know, yeah, it's of course. a little bit less work. So I'm not, you, my you, goal isn't to list as many as I can. But let's be honest, you are the epitome of what most agents want to be. I, you know, you occasionally meet an agent who truly loves being a buyer's agent, but in reality, 80 to 90% of any real estate agent, if given the opportunity, if they had two paths and you can choose, but you can only choose one, they're going to choose the listing side. I mean, that's just the way it is. You said at the beginning, it's the facts, it's the reality. And so you epitomize what most agents want to be, which is I don't necessarily want to scale a big team. I don't want to babysit a bunch of human beings. I want to work for myself. I want to work smarter, not harder. I want to be efficient, but I want to make a lot of money doing it, right? And you do that. And so let's 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 circle back to the listing presentation because it sounded to me that you're fairly self-taught. And now I want to go back to the beginning and then fast forward to today. You went into two listings dressed up, faked it, you know, faked the look, proved that that didn't necessarily matter because you fumbled the ball based on what you probably said. And then yeah. you went back and you learned and you improved. What did that look like? What did that improvement look like? Okay. So what I did was 
I was very uncomfortable on those first two listing appointments because I didn't really, except for talking about comps, which nobody really wants to just sit there and talk about, you have to talk about what you do over and above everybody else and how you're going to maximize the exposure of the home and things like that, that I, I say now. So I was very uncomfortable. So I went to a ton of seminars in the beginning. I went to a ton of, I went to all the, the famous trainers and, you know, they would do like panelists and all that kind of stuff. So they'd have a panel of these supposedly top real estate agents and, and you'd have a thousand agents in the, in the audience idolizing these agents. So there was one guy in particular that I'd seen him a couple of times as a panelist and he supposedly sold 300 homes a year, drove a Rolls Royce. His suit was his suit was worth more than what I had in my bank account. And I was one of those realtors that after the break, he would come out and talk to, you know, the mere mortals like me, just the regular agents and everybody would like kiss his ass. He was a rock star. But one of the things he said during the seminar is he said, I never, once I get into all I do is spend 10 hours a day prospecting. I door knock all day, every day. And once I get into a deal, whether I represent the buyer or the seller, I never talk to the other agent. I dish it off. I don't even talk to my clients. I dish it off to coordinators and assistants. And then all I do is prospect. And that's how you make money. And well, I was like clapping like everybody. But then what happened? This is an interesting story. It's a true story. I actually tell this story in the book. Um, after the 94 earthquake in Northridge, uh, I was able to buy a few flippers, aka flipping, right? So I bought one for $50,000 in a city called Arlita. I put $10,000 into it and I listed it for $99,000. I had multiple offers and one of the offers came from that rock star real estate agent. And man, I got nervous, Jeff. I was like, oh shit, I'm going to be able to learn from this guy. Man, I, can, I got excited. He was, a, he was an icon, you know, even though he wasn't a member of the MLS. So nobody really was able to really monitor what those numbers were. But I had heard from these seminars that he was the greatest of all time. So then when we, him and his wife, who they were very nice, make no mistake. But then when we got into the escrow, uh, they called every day. The, the white every single day, it was like this and that and the other. And this was a $99,000 transaction. I remember going, man, this isn't what I heard at the seminar. Like they were never called. So then at the end of the deal, I remember meeting with the wife, like the kind of like the key exchange. And I said, I got to ask you a question. And there were, again, they were nice. Everything was great. And I said, you know, I go to these seminars and I saw her, her smile start to come. I go, you know, you talk about, like your husband talked about, like he never talks to the other realtor, never, but boy, and she kind of laughed and goes, don't always believe everything you hear at a seminar. It's about the show, you know? And I went, wow, never went to another seminar again. Uh, Lost all credibility. And at that moment, I said, I'm going to do my own shit. So I started creating my own language, my own tactics, my own scientific method what I'm going to say, how I'm going to say it, what order am I going to say it? Who am I going to look at in the internet? How was my body language? So I started creating my own stuff and practicing that all day, every day. And that's when my business took off. When I started doing my own stuff. Is there anything specific that you would say? So let's just say, you know, again, I'm sure there's some listeners right now that, you know, a maybe new to real estate, maybe have never even had a listing, probably feel the same way as you do. I mean, that's normal. Everybody, you know, when you have to make a sales call, it's nerve wracking. We're not, we don't, we're not, we don't come out of the womb as natural salespeople. It's something that we acquire and practice, you know, will help make you more perfect, probably never perfect, but better. Right. And so what would you say would be a tip that you'd give to somebody who says, man, yeah, I, I get nervous as hell when I walk into a listing 
what are some things that I can do to practice and improve and, and become more like Jordan? I don't want to sound like a corny sales guy, but in my book, which I'm so proud of, I made the commitment to write my presentation. I have seven chapters just on my presentation. Love it. It's way too much for me to just kind of talk about it, yeah. but I'll give a few things. Like if you want, if you want. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. But, yep. but yeah, I give real, I mean, I'm very proud, right? Inman just did a review on it and they raved about it. Like I'm, I'm so incredible. I can't wait to send you a book, man. Cause I think you'll, you'll get it after you read it. Like I, I pour my heart and soul into it. Cause like I said earlier, I, I think that's the most important skill somebody could have. Every realtor is going to door knock, cold call, sit open houses. But if you don't have a listing presentation, if somebody says to you, do you have a great listing presentation? If your answer is, I don't know, but if it's great, you can make it great. Right. Cause once you're great at that cold calling and prospecting becomes fun. If you don't have a, when I used to cold call and before I had a good listing presentation and I'd call and expired, and I kind of would always say the same thing I would say now, I don't do it anymore. Is, you know, are you planning on interviewing agents for the job of selling your home? If they would say, well, we're kind of already going to be going with another realtor, but thanks anyway, I would say, okay, thanks. Once I had a great listing presentation, I would push for that interview. Interview me. Give me 20 minutes to show you what I do different. Blah, 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 blah. So if you don't have a great presentation, you know, real estate's not very fun. And it's not very predictable. So my listing presentation is very scientific. From the minute I walk in the door, from the opening tour, to what I'm going to say from the minute you say how you overcome the company objection, what company you're going to work for. So there's set language. I just don't know how I'd be able to say it here. I'll give one good strategy that doesn't cost anything that I'll say. I'll say, Mr. Seller. The job of a realtor is to maximize the exposure of the property, to get as many people as humanly possible to become aware of your home. Then at that point, to get them excited, screen them, vet them, get them in the home, and then get them to make the commitment to buy it. Then I'll say something like this. I go, kind of like a sports agent or a movie agent. A good sports agent is behind the scenes. They're on the phone all day, every day, promoting their client. The stars, the athletes, they want that off the field money. They want Subway, they want Pizza Hut. So a good sports agent is on the phone all, every day trying to get their clients that deal. I'm the same thing. I'm a real estate agent. The difference is your house is my star. I'm gonna be on the phone all day, every day promoting your house to get people excited. It's the same philosophy. I'm a real estate agent. I'm like a sports agent, but your house is my star. So I, all, I came up with that. I, that's just one really good tip that any real estate agent can use. It's relatable, powerful. I give about 100 of those in my book because you never know what you're going to say, what you're going to do, how you're going to say it, the tonality that is going to resonate with the seller to get that seller to hire you versus somebody else. Again, if I'm talking too fast or too much, no, blank no. Starbucks. Blank no, that. no, no, no. no. It's actually, it's crazy. <laughs> It's wonderful, and I and I love the the that you even mentioned that again. I'm going to mention it. We're going to, we're going to we're going to plug it hard at the end here. The agent's edge. Uh, we're going to plug exactly where to get it. But the thing that I'm hearing from you consistently is that you focused on differentiation, and I think especially in today's world where you mentioned seminars. I mean, I love that you said that because the real estate industry is so inundated, diluted with seminars and webinars and events. And you said, I'm not going to just 
go follow. I'm going to make my own. And and in this world of social media where it's all about, I see somebody wearing X, I'm going to wear X. I see somebody using X filter, I'm going to use X filter. Like, we're, we're such a copycat world. I love what you're saying because I think if somebody's going to take anything away from this, which they're going to take a lot more than just one thing, but it's that. Like you've got to, if you really want to succeed at a higher level, you can't be afraid to be different. Great point. Great point. Yeah. I mean, and so, and I, and I love, I love all of that. So, but you got to be confident, man. You got to say enthusiasm, confidence, the two things you said are contagious, man. So if you're in front of somebody and you're confident, everybody wants a, I want my accountant to be confident. I want my doctor to be confident. I don't want my next surgeon to be, you know, yeah. unsure of himself or his own skill set. So my mind is that's the way to, but I'm not a motivator. My book isn't a motivating book. I say it in my introduction. I'm not going to tell anybody to drink carrot juice or exercise or dress for success because I don't do any of that shit. I don't know what a vision board is. I don't know any technology. Like for me, I'm not going to try to motivate anybody in my book and what I'm talking about today is trying to give back a little, like try to give actionable items to help somebody compete and win, which leads to being a better prospector, lead generator. If you have the, uh, the, the basics of being able to know that you can compete and win. I don't know if that's making sense. No, I love it. it the last question I want to ask before we talk a little bit about the book and wrap it up is, is, you know, is there any tips that you would give anyone for, you know, trying to, to raise their confidence level, because again, that's also something that some people are just born with, but most of us are not. And, and so we lack that confidence, but it can be learned. It can be acquired. And so what would be a piece of advice that you would give a young, a new agent, a struggling agent uh, to kind of raise their confidence level? Because you're right. That is so it's, it's a contagious and someone's going to sense it or sense the lack of, right? Yeah, that's a great question. So the way my confidence level got up was I practiced. So once I created my language, my girlfriends, my wife, I literally, I, I promise this is the truth, she'll tell you. I made a commitment to myself not to watch TV for six months. Once I committed that I'm going to sell real estate full time, I wanted to be the best I could and take advantage of every opportunity. So I practiced it. I had objections on the refrigerator door. I, I even would practice knocking on the door. Like, thank God my wife stuck with me. No, you know, that was... I, I wouldn't want to date somebody that made me made me practice my listing presentation every day, but we we're kind of like, you know, kind of committed to what was going to happen, right? So to practice it. So to first come up with it, I wouldn't spend all your life on lead generation until you know what to do when you're in front of somebody, right? That's spend that same time practicing. Get up every morning, pick another agent in your office, give each other listing presentations, give each other. My, my goal on every listing I give is to not just have the client want to hire me, but to have them feel they need to hire me in order to get their goals accomplished. At the end of a presentation, if I could say, do you have any questions? And they say, no, you answered all of them. I know I delivered a great presentation. So the, the objections are the same and what we do, the questions are the same. So I tried to answer them in my presentation. And again, once you can deliver that, it's almost embarrassing for a seller to say, oh, God, you know, when when they need you, uh, what's your commission? You know, are you going to discount your commission? And I have language for how to protect your commission, too. I give that in the Bible, I have a whole chapter on that, like how to secure your full commission. You want me to give you that now? I don't mind. You that. No. You oh, here's what I want to ask you. First of all, 
what what do you what what do you what do you get paid? What is your commission rate that you refuse to go down from when you're selling a five million dollar house? Yeah, I don't refuse anything. Pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. But okay, what good. I'm able to secure, I don't want to sit here and say I never have to cut. Yeah. I look dumb. But 90, 95% of my deals are kind of the same. If it's a past client or a friend, it's different, right? But on a cold listing interview where they interview three agents, 95% of my listings are at the full commission, which in California is 5%. So the way, I'll just tell you how I do it, right? The chapter. So the way I handle that, if a seller asks me what my commission is, which is a good question, I'm very strategic with how I answer that question. Again, coming up with confidence. Mr. Seller, that's a great question. I would ask the same thing. My commission is 5%, 2.5% to the buyer side, 2.5% to me, which is what I earn. However, if I represent both sides, which I do all the time, I'm happy to adjust it to 4%. You save money, I make a bonus, we both win. So notice how I said that. I say 5%, I want them to hear it, but I want them to listen to the 2.5 and 2.5. Very strategic. I'll say 5%, two and a half to the buyer side, two and a half to me, which is what I earn. And then if I represent both sides, happy to do it for 4%. You save money. I make a bonus. We're both happy. The goal of that is for them to say, boy, I hope you sell it yourself. Now you might ask, why do I even have to come down to 4%? Honestly, it's to protect my two and a half. I'm giving them that little thing at the end of my, what I say. So they feel good about that. But I want them to hear the two and a half. A lot easier to swallow two and a half, two and a half versus just hitting 5% on a $5 million home, which is 250000 yeah. So I think if I said that, well, it's 5%, I have a feeling I would be yeah. a discount agent yeah. at that point. So I say it with confidence, conviction. Obviously, you've heard me say that a million times. It's almost difficult for somebody to say, well, will you do it for four and a half? And then if they do, listen, at the end of the day, we have a business decision we need to make. Yeah. I love it. And that's all, that's going to be all uh, relative to your market. So, you know, California, again, you're selling high-end homes. If you're selling 250 homes in the Midwest, uh, you know, and and the, the average commission is six, 7%, get it, like, go get it, get what you can, you can basically, I think what you're saying, Jordan, is it doesn't matter what market you're in, whatever it is that, that, that your time is worth yeah. is what you should for lack of a better term, command. Like it is yep. what you should get and you shouldn't yep. be, we shouldn't question it. You should just be confident. And I love that. So, so, so let me tell you, part of my presentation, I don't talk about price or commission till the very end. In the very beginning, the way I was trained was to talk about the price in the very beginning. Cause I was taught at those seminars that if you can't agree on the price, get out of there. You have four more presentations to give. There's no sense wasting an hour of your time with an illogical seller. So, but what would happen is I would find that I did that because I followed those seminars to a T and then I would see that same house come on the market at a reasonable price. And I said, why wasn't I able to convince them of the regular price? And I realized I wasn't giving them any reason to even believe me, to even have credibility. So I switched on my own to give my presentation first, give my marketing, give, show them that they're like, man, this guy. He's something else. This guy's great. Then they're going to listen to me more about the price. So I do everything I can not to talk about the price or my commission at the end. If I just talked about the commission in the beginning, uh, it'd be very easy for them to just move on to the next realtor and go with a discount agent. But I want to give them, I want to give them what I do. 
the marketing that I do. Yeah. I want them to be as like one of my best closes. I want you to be as confident in me as I am in myself, that I'm the best real estate agent out there, that I'm the one that's going to be able to get you your price or more. I want you to be as confident in me as I'm in myself. That's the language that I use. But you're, if you don't give a good presentation, it's pretty hard to say that stuff. And you, and you, like you said, I mean, I think you talk a lot about this, a hell of a lot more in depth in the agent's edge. The it's the, what it says on the book. And and those of you that buy it, you know, the secret strategies to win listings and make your fortune selling real estate. Uh, you know, I think Jordan, one of the things that I think is so valuable in this interview, in this conversation is, you know, beyond the, the sizzle, beyond the fact that, you know, what you've been able to do and, and, and work with professional athletes and, and, and movie stars and things like that is that, uh, you know, you, you're very, you're very normal. Like, you know, you come across as one of us. And I love that about you because this industry is, is, you know, I don't, I don't know you personally. We've, we met a few months ago, virtually, we've only talked on the phone and via zoom, but I can sense it. And, and somebody in your position, number one, Remax agent in the world, we're not talking like some mom and pop brand here, folks. We're talking Remax and, and the way I think you articulate this is so relatable I want to ask you one last question before we tell them where to go buy the book. You could write your ticket anywhere. Why Remax? I love it. To be honest with you, listen, we're all independent. This is what I say on a presentation. I came up with this language when I was with a small independent company. I say, Mr. Seller, we're all independent contractors. Are you aware of the fact that as independent contractors, we can work wherever we want to? In fact, when you're a productive, highly productive real estate agent, we get recruited, we get offered money, we get offered money and deals and opportunities to pick up and leave. Are you aware of that? I try to get them to realize that we are independent contractors and we can work anywhere. I had to come up with that in the very beginning because I would compete against the big boys. And you know, if I just said I work for a small independent company, and I talked so much about that, I was going to lose. So I wanted to reel it in as an independent, we're all independent contract. We can work. And basically what I say is uh, we're all un, uh, unrestricted free agents. We can work wherever we want to, whenever we want to, and get signing bonuses to leave. But let me tell you why I chose the company that I work for. And then in all honesty, I dig Remax, man. I think uh, I, I like the leadership. I like Nick Bailey, the CEO. I like my broker. Honestly, I'm a I'm a very loyal guy. Been married for 30 years. It's the only company I worked for. When it was Todd C. Olson, the company I worked for about 20 years ago, maybe a little bit longer, he said, Hey, would you mind if I merged into the Remax brand? I said, I don't care, man. I'm building my own brand, my own name, my own thing. You can go and call it whatever you want. I don't even care. So he merged into Remax. If it's not broke, don't fix it. But in all honesty, I kind of dig being able to say we're in over hundred countries. There's 144,000 of us kind of family atmosphere mm-hmm. working hard. So, so I, I, you know, it translates all our listings in over hundred different languages. So it's kind of a cool thing, but I also reel in people. I don't talk a lot about the company on a listing presentation. Like I say, I'm proud of the company I work for. I like the fact we're the biggest company in the world, but Mr. Max isn't going to be the one showing your property. Mr. Max isn't going to be the one marketing your company. That's me. So I say that because if somebody's with a different company and they're just talking about the company, I don't want them to think that it's all about the company. Did I answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I dig yeah. it, man. I got my own little office back here. You know, I got my own parking space. 
I can call the CEO at any time. He's going to pick up. He's awesome. The marketing, they're supporting my book. Like they're emailing me. And I, I love, love it. it, man. And, well, in, in the competitive world that we're in and, you know, all the new brokerages and the cloud-based brokerages and, you know, I, I'm, I'm not even technically in real estate. So I'm, I'm as agnostic as they come. I love asking that question because uh, it is important to know that, you know, it's, it, first of all, it, the reasoning why, but second, that it's not, it's not the name on your shirt. It's you as the individual, you're going to make your own, find your people. And, and dude, like your loyalty is commendable. Like that's, yeah. barely exists anymore and so uh that that i think will speak a lot to to your character as well so i love Thanks, i love man. to hear man so yeah. the agent's edge we've talked about it i assume you know they get it on amazon where, where are we where are we going to buy this book thank you for saying that man i appreciate that jeff because I'm, I'm very passionate about this book so i'm a very competitive guy like i said earlier so i have this raging goal this fire in my belly become a best-selling author. So you want me to tell you how the book came about? Please. So, so I sold a home. It was a big agent with CAA, Creative Artists Agency. It's a client of mine. Sold him a big home in North Ranch and then sold his existing home in the Hollywood Hills. Awesome guy. Said to me, hey man, you're so good at this. You got to write a book. I you know, I've thought about that. Have you ever thought about it? I go, yeah, for like 20 years. You know, I, but I don't know how to write, you know, you know, he goes, Hey, can I connect you with our literary agent? One of our literary agents. So I say, yeah, so I had a zoom with the literary agent at CAA. Amazing guy. Name is Anthony Matero. Anthony says to me, we'd like to represent you. That was a big win. At that point, I really didn't give a shit about writing a book. I was just excited to tell my wife that I'm an agent, you know, like, like what you said before about me being real dude or whatever. Jeff, we're real estate agents. We're not doctors. Most of us didn't go to college. You know, it's like, there's no reason to be anything, but to, we're realtors, man. We're not, we're, we're not even, we're not school teachers. We don't mold young minds. Like we're nothing really that important. We have a good service. We help people move, but I'll never let my head get big, man. Cause it's, there's nothing to be big about. I'm good at what I do or whatever, but no reason to be something fancy. Cause I'm not a fancy guy. So I'm, I'm proud. That, I'm grateful that you said that earlier. I love it, man. So, then, so yeah. best place to get it. Where, where, where can we get it? Oh, so anyway, so CAA signed me. Then I ha I wrote a treatment, what the book would look like. I had multiple offers and I signed with HarperCollins Leadership, who's like an amazing publisher. So that's how the book is. The book is available right now on pre-order. It hits June 6th. So it's ready to go. It hits like, oh, I hope we get this thing out, man. But mm -hmm. it's... Uh, on pre-order, if you go on jordancohen.com forward slash book, if you forget the forward slash book, just go on jordancohen.com and it's right on there to click and pre-order it. And you can order it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target, Walmart, and a dozen other stores, online stores. It should be in most bookstores, I'm hoping, airports. I'm pretty fired up, man. Dude. That's cool, man. My legacy, bro. I'm, I'm happy for you, up. dude. I'm I want to be a bestseller, man. I want to be a bestseller. I, I have no doubts. Probably by June 15th, you'll already have achieved that, if not so. sooner. Jordan Cohen. So it's Jordan, like Michael Jordan, last name, C-O-H-E-N.com forward slash book. This will come out. This episode will be right around then, maybe a little, yeah, probably right around the release, if not a little after even, because it's right, this dude, we're right around the corner here. I forget where we are. Yeah, We're, we're, we're recording this at the end of May. So uh, this is exciting, man. It's fun. I'm glad we got to do this. This has been an incredible conversation. Uh, I look forward to staying in touch and um, uh, I can't wait to get the book. You've got my address. 
I'm Send sending it to them me. an overnight it today. Boom. I love it. I love it. Folks, jordancohen.com forward slash book, or just go check him out. Go to his Instagram. It's jordancohen, the number one. You, I promise you, you're going to go down a rabbit hole because it's ex, it, it's it's a unique page, actually. And you, you do it differently. You do it well. And you do it yourself, folks. You're going to learn so much from Jordan. And uh, if 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 you do nothing else, get that book because, dude, I want to learn from the best, and we all should want to learn from the best. You're the best, and uh, it's it's been an honor, brother. Bro, I have no words, man. Thank you, Jeff. Man, I'm I'm honored. All these years, I you know I have a face for radio. I don't really have a face for camera, TV. I don't do selfie <laughs> videos, none of that shit. So uh, for me to come and be on a podcast like yours means the world to me, man. Thank you. Awesome. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. This episode of the Lab Goat Agents podcast is brought to you by RedX, the complete real estate prospecting solution. RedX offers high quality lead data on expireds, for sale by owners, vacant rental property owners, pre-foreclosures, and geo leads, the number one data source for neighborhood prospecting. You can also filter, organize, and call your leads inside Vortex, the all-in-one lead management platform free with any lead subscription. With RedX, you get more than just phone numbers. You get all the tools you need to connect with more homeowners who are actively looking to sell. RedX is offering our listeners $150 off. Just go to redx.bz forward slash LCA. That's R-E-D-X dot B-Z forward slash LCA to sign up for RedX today. Agents Podcast.